Hello, and welcome to Just Punk Enough. You know who I am, Andy Harrison. I say it at every intro. You should know by now. Today's interview is with Yotam from Useless ID. This dude blew me away. Went and saw him play solo at the Brewery Yard Center uh, on Saturday. And um, he was out in Fallon with my friend Zach doing some recording. And they were kind enough to let me come out there and uh, interview Yotam. And uh, this guy is a class act, very talented uh, songwriter. He's in an awesome band, tons of solo records. I'm in awe that he actually wanted to talk to me, the nicest guy in punk rock. I love this interview. I could have kept talking for another hour, but I didn't want to keep him from his music making night. So I uh, I cut it short. Enjoy this interview and love it as much as I do. So. Let's get into this. Check it out. Yo, Tam. That's your name, right? Yes. That, am I saying it right? <laughs> Sorry for <laughs> no, crack, good. cracking that thing open, the can. Yes, Yo, Tom. Yo, Tom. Okay. Okay. Well, let's just start like, um, well, first of all, I'm going to say that your, your guys' first CD, Useless ID, the, the black one, the... Uh, uh, came out in 2001. What the heck is the name? Oh, Bad Story, Happy Ending? Yeah, that, my wife bought that, like, right when we were getting together. So, like, that wow. CD's like, oh, okay. Like, that, when I brought it up to her that I was going to go see you and stuff, she's like, oh, my gosh. Like, anyway, enough. But um, let's talk about you. Where did you grow up? Wow, I grew up in a few places. Uh, I started out life in Israel up until the age of uh, five. Okay. One of my parents decided to try it in the U.S., and uh, we lived in Jersey, and then uh, we spent the next nine years in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, okay. So eight years, I would say. So like not eight, nine altogether. So, uh, yeah. And then where did you, did you come up in a, in a, in a musical family? Uh, yeah, I, I came up, like my family, well, my mom, she, she played on many instruments, and she would uh, to take me to all these like... Um, you know, symphonies and orchestras, yeah. uh, even before I was born, but that's what you told yeah, me. Yeah. And then I saw my first show uh, when I was four, Musical Youth, you know, past the duchy. Okay. And uh, my dad... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And my dad was a sculptor, uh, also very driven. Uh, he's an artist, uh, you know, he, 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 he took the path of uh, a, an architecture degree, but... Uh, deep inside, he was always, you know, like an artist. He always wrote. So I think I absorbed uh, the whole musical thing from both of them. Each okay. side had something else to offer that I uh, kind of like uh, took in. So you grew up in Israel till about five years old? Yes. And then America after that? You didn't go back? Uh, we did go back when I was 14, oh, right, okay. as, uh, right as I was discovering uh, the, the electric guitar and all that came along with it and dropping all my rap and hip hop yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> tapes. So is that stuff that you were consuming in uh, New York the, or Brooklyn? Yeah, Brooklyn? in Brooklyn. What, the rap and hip hop? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was all like, about that. Rap, yeah. hip hop, dance. 
Yeah, that that's what me and my buddies in class would listen to, and you know, then the parties would come around when you're 12. You know, yeah. girls have bat mitzvahs. Yeah, yeah. So you hit, you have to hit the dance floor, so you have to learn a bunch of a bunch of moves. Yeah. What was some of that uh, hip hop that you were getting into? Okay, so it, uh, yes, I remember. It started out as uh, you know Beastie Boys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, even the Fat Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love this the Fat like Boys. Er, early '80s yeah. when I just like I think it was Paul's Boutique yeah. that uh, that was the first thing I heard. And uh, is that is that one of the first ones? Mm-hmm. Paul's Boutique is like 80, second one. Eighty is that eighty five, eighty six? Yeah, because uh, License to Ill or yeah was the first one with the airplane. Okay. And then Paul's Boutique was the second. So, so. if Paul's Boutique was eighty five, eighty six, that was the one. Yeah. And then you know later on, uh, like much later, like I I'd say MC Hammer, Vanilla yeah, yeah. Ice, all that stuff, CNC yeah. Music Factory. And then uh, I I got into like the deeper stuff, the Tribe Called Quest. Oh, cool. And uh, what else? Black Sheep, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Naughty by Nature. Right. Yeah. yeah I, all, all the stuff that was happening at the time. And, you know, I was, at, I think I was in, in the heart of, of that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but then I heard uh, Nirvana at a, at a bat mitzvah. Yeah. It came on like amongst the very, the much rap, so- rap songs of the time. Yeah. And that just blew me away. I was like, "What's that thing?" Yeah, yeah. And uh, the DJ told me, "Oh, it's Nirvana Lithium." Because I was late to the smell. Oh, I was late yeah. to the smells like Teen Spirit party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got into them a bit later. Yeah, that's but, cool. But once I heard them, I was like, everything changed. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then you started going down that rabbit hole of rock and roll, and yeah, and uh, and then I was like, you know, Metallica. The, the, you know, this I didn't have any access to punk rock yet okay and i was pretty young i was like yeah. i was still like 12 12 did so, you did you see any live music at this point or was it just not not yet uh, yeah. not yet i think yeah. uh, my, my parents were always kind of like afraid to s- let me uh go somewhere w- without their well yeah i i would i would uh not tell them and go to the city with a bunch of friends in yeah. the subway and uh <laughs> but but we weren't aware of the village voice yet i was just you know just discovering the village voice and that was around the time we were headed back to Israel. Is that is that the newspaper? Yeah, that's the like, newspaper yeah. where they would talk about, like, say, which and, shows are happening yeah, yeah. and all that. And so you went back to Israel, and then how was the? Um, how long were you there? In Israel, yeah, for the next uh, four or five years or something. So and, were you exploring more music? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. I was. Well, the thing is, uh, back in in the U.S., I kind of got along with the kids, and I was like. Uh, well, I wasn't the most popular kid in class, but yeah. I was popular enough. Right. Let's, let's put it that way. Right. And then once I came to Israel, I had like this culture shock. So I became an instant introvert, not talking to anyone, right. very shy, uh, keeping to himself. Uh, all I have with this world is this guitar in my hands, and that's my secret little world. Yeah, and yeah. I was that kid that just did, right. didn't try making friends. The friends tried making me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So were you? You were playing guitar at this time. I was playing guitar. What, that, were, you, what the, were you? What were you learning? Were you playing along to well, Nirvana? And, and I, I had a few lessons in the states. Yeah. Uh, with a guitar teacher, his name was James. I don't know where he is now. Yeah. And he had a band. He gave me a cassette. And that—that's the funny thing. At that age, like you know, when you're like 13, 14, anything you hear, you absorb it and yeah. you think it's important. Yeah, yeah. So. His band was important to me. I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had I heard it now, I don't know what I would think yeah. about it. But sadly, I didn't save that tape. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I had the guitar. 
I was slowly. I was looking for bands that kind of like sounded like Nirvana, and yeah. I wasn't really buying into that whole grunge thing. Oh, okay. I kind of liked it. I liked the couple, first couple Pearl Jam albums yeah. and a bit of Alice in Chains and sound, no, but Soundgarden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it I, it wasn't what I was looking for. Yeah. So once I hit, I found the Pixies. Yeah. I was like, oh. There's another band that like sounds what I want. What I want Nir- other bands to sound like yeah. that you know sound like Nirvana because they have yeah. like a pop sensibility, like melodic element. But it was like kind of like there was like a wall of noise and dissonant sounds yeah. all over it. Yeah, so, I love so the, that was I love the pixels. That was my little pathway into punk rock, and then uh, I think at the end of the the end of the first uh, school year, uh, my aunt sent me. Uh, well, no, it was actually before the first school year. Sorry, I'm getting my timeline it's here. So good. it was the end of 93 that my aunt sent me the first Nirvana book, Come As You Are, yeah. while Kurt Cobain was still alive. Yeah. And I read it in four days. That's yeah, where yeah. I was like, holy shit, I enjoy <laughs> reading books. Uh, so, yeah, so I read it. And inside it was like uh, he was listening to millions of dead cops and he was listening to Black Flag right. and all these names of bad brains. So I always kept that in the back of my mind. That, like if I ever come across these things, I must hear it because what, what, what is that? Like, yeah. But is that stuff hard to come by in Israel? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, There wasn't any internet then. Yeah. And remember, I didn't have any friends either. So I had to kind of find my way into it. Were there like, were there record shops and stuff or? Yeah, there were record shops, but they weren't bringing punk rock. They were bringing more like alternative stuff. Okay. So Pixies was easy to find. I I, I bought the Pixies stuff and I bought some other alternative bands that I would find. I had Primus and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And, uh. But uh, the punk rock, punk rock t- took me a while. Yeah. So were you uh, playing in any bands at this time? Were you trying to form um, stuff to play with your friends and jam I, in the bedrooms? And yeah, I was. Well, uh, yeah, I was trying to. Yeah. Like well, I, I made a friend and right. the. the the band we called the band Poltergeist, okay. and it lasted two rehearsals, <laughs> right. and then yeah, yeah. I, I was it just it was just me and him. Yeah, and then I tried to get into the band that played like the end of the year party. Okay, so they they were like, well, we don't need a guitar player, we need a bass player. You want to play bass? I'm like, no, I want to play, <laughs> I want to play guitar. So yeah. that didn't work out. But the next school year, I was kicked out of that school. They wanted to leave me behind because I wasn't doing so good, and yeah. you know with my whole like uh usa american thing they were far more progressed with mathematics and stuff like that i was it was just so odd to me what they were teaching in israel yeah. like so i had i needed a tutor and like i was still flunking and failing so i moved to a different school and that's where i got into punk rock there was a this kid in my class that he listened to hardcore like that and I, I was like what's hardcore when so he said oh you don't know bad religion and pennywise oh, and cool. black flag and I'm like I'm, i know black flag yeah so are the other two bands do they sound like them it's like so he made me tapes and then i was dubbing tapes and yeah and it's just snowballed <laughs> just, from there yeah, and then that's cool then i realized uh ishai from useless id he was a grade above me uh, in the same school yeah so and the, that same kid in my class, he said, they, he plays in a band. You want to go see his band? Yeah. So I saw, I went to see his band play this show. Uh, the band was called 911 Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, cool. and that was it for me. Like, uh, and I, I had seen Babes in Toyland that same summer. Oh, cool. Uh, they, but I, you know, it was a good show, but it wasn't the life changer. The life changer for me was watching 16 year old kids 
you know, just playing hardcore punk. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. I could, I wanted, that was my, I can do this moment. Yeah. I can do this too. And this, where was that? It was in Haifa, okay. uh, where uh, Useless ID's hometown is. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it's this place called the, the Cinema Tech. Yeah. It's in the Carmel Center. And uh, yeah, they all, they play, it was like, you know, three kids. They all had like, each, each kid had like his, his own thing. <laughs> like uh, Ishai was dancing around like Les Claypool or yeah, something. Yeah. And then the singer, he just had like a cool presence about him. And he was a singer, guitar player, and the drummer I, I knew from the previous year. Yeah. And then they played a Biohazard cover and people started moshing from the stage into the seats. And I was like, oh. I, I yeah. found it. I found my thing then. And I just started going to shows like yeah. uh, every week. I would like, they would play every week and other bands would play. And I was Were like, American bands touring through there at all? Uh, Doggy Dog uh, came over at some point and yeah. we, I went to that show. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, yeah, and that was a big show. They were part of like this festival, but... You know how it is, like yeah. eh, like you discover Biohazard, Dog yeah, and yeah. Dog, and then you know Bad Religion, and everything is like everything all at once. So everything is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what uh, what happened after that? How did you get into? I mean, were you trying to form more bands? Did you get okay. into bands? Okay. So uh, during the summer before that, I'm kind of jumping around with the no, timeline. No problem. Uh, my mom's friend, uh, she had a son as well, around my age, a, a year older. That he, she told me, hey, he's a bass player, so maybe your son wants to meet with my son. Right. And they so uh, we we played like whatever, like you know, kind of like alternative music, and that too lasted like a rehearsal and yeah. a half or something. Yeah. But then once I discovered Nine One One Pigs, like you know, a light bulb clicked in my head, and I'm like, uh, well, it started with Nine One Pigs, and then once I heard Gorilla Biscuits, that's when it really, yeah. I was like, all oh, right, cool. th this this is it. This is what I've been looking for. I'm gonna make a band that's like. Very influenced by Gorilla Biscuits yeah. and, of course, 91 Pigs and all these other bands. Um, so I called this guy up and I told him, hey, listen, we're forming a band, but I have this new style I, I want to play. Yeah. And that's when my first band, Rampage, was formed. Yeah, okay. yeah I played with him. And uh, in interestingly enough, he knew Ishai. They were in, in, uh, together in the same class at a different school. So everything just kind of like slowly made sense. Like uh, we recorded our first rehearsal. We started passing the tape around. The tape yeah. got to Ishai. Suddenly Ishai knows me. I know him. And the, these other like older skateboarders that would hang around, oh, they're like, uh, suddenly they noticed me. Yeah, yeah. Because I was this quiet kid right. that no one really paid attention to that first year. And then suddenly, you know, I could hold a guitar and sing so yeah, yeah. and like scream. Yeah. <laughs> so were you guys playing shows at all? Did it yeah, get... yeah. So so then we had this little thing going. Uh, yeah. we, we got on, uh, we played our first show in April 1995. And uh, then we played a couple more shows. We didn't do that much. Yeah. It was kind of, uh, it's like, where, where do you go from here? We recorded a, we recorded a song for this uh, Beer City compilation, oh, okay. if you have ever heard of them. Oh, mm -mm. It, yeah, it's one of those like last minute things where yeah. uh, they were missing like another band. So we're like, do you want to do it? Of course we do. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so, were you writing all the songs at this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So was, you were, and what were you playing, guitar? I was playing guitar yeah. and, and singing and writing the songs. Okay. Yeah, it was like, like before I discovered Gorilla Biscuits, I was uh, writing about, like, you, know, you know, my emotions and, yeah, yeah. and uh, all sorts of like random stuff. Yeah. But once I heard Gorilla Biscuits, I'm like, oh, wow, I could really write about, you know, what I experienced in Brooklyn as a kid growing up yeah. and uh, how I feel like an outcast over here. Like, you know, write about like yeah. social stuff and yeah. I'll write about like this, uh, you know, personal like a. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I got. But you. I've dipped my toes in both styles of yeah, writing. So. Right. So, oh shit. Uh, so, uh, how long did that band last until it just kind of fizzled out? We or? played one. We played uh, three shows. We played a, another show in the summer, and then we played another show at the end of the summer. That it was our best show. No one has any <laughs> recollection of it. Yeah. It was a talent show. Okay. And that was the last of it. That, yeah. that was it. it. It was done. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> What'd you do after that, like music-wise, life-wise? Were you still in Israel? Well, okay, yeah, I was still in Israel. The parents decided to move again. Okay. That, that's it's a part of my nature. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to make it stop. Right. Life doesn't let me. <laughs> like I'm just, it's just like constant moving. Yeah. But um, so yeah, we moved into a new apartment. I was and I was already discovering. Oh, so we didn't mention Green Day, but uh, Green Day was another thing. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, Green Day was. Yeah, I I heard Longview, but once Basket Case came on, so this was around like everything at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah. So where where <laughs> where did you guys move to? Oh yeah, so we moved to another spot. That uh, in, all right? So I kind of like left the hardcore thing for a bit. Okay. And I was like more into like Green Day, Rancid, yeah. and like you know uh, the Epitaph stuff was happening, and of course Bad Religion. Yeah. And I. That that bass player uh, that I played with, he joined Useless ID. Okay. Because they were already a band. Like okay. uh, when I was discovering all this stuff, they were happening, but I wouldn't. I they they didn't play that many shows, and when they had some shows lined up, like sometimes they wouldn't show up. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, it like became a thing, like a mystery. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Until my band, uh, we had like our third rehearsal and. The guys from Useless ID walked in. I didn't know them, but yeah. I had a feeling it was them. Yeah. And then I asked them, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're Useless ID. You want to sit down and check us out and listen? Do you want to listen to our rehearsal, yeah. little wide-eyed 15-year-old? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's crazy how everything came at me all at once. Like, yeah, everything no was like, like every week or every day, something else, like yeah. a, another band. And like... You, I, yeah, I guess that's how it works because uh, you kind of look for these connections. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So how did so, you end up getting into Useless ID? Was it right around this time? So uh, around that time, I kind of like, uh, I already knew the guys, and um, but the, uh, the bass player was in the band. My band, Rampage, was over. And um, yeah, I, I kind of like, I don't know, I was looking to be inspired. I, I did. I tried to form a band with one of my school buddies and it was like yeah. a joke band. We yeah. would sing in gibberish and just uh, a try uh, recording and like dubbing tapes and like, you know, record on uh, record the Casio drums on one side with while playing bass, then uh, record the other side of the tape while playing live guitar, then yeah. record it back to that other side, you know, yeah. kind of like uh, back and forth, back and forth yeah. until it sounded like a band, but the quality was just terrible. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing that for a while. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Useless Idea at this time was recording their demo. And uh, and uh, I was trying to form uh, like a new band, but uh, I, I thought maybe I should buy bass because there's, you know, many guitar players yeah, here. Right. And, you know, if I, I thought it would be easier if I start playing bass to get a band together, because yeah. guitar guitar players are plenty over there. Yeah. So uh, we formed by by the summer of that year. We formed a band with that same guy that I made the joke band right. with, where he's the singer, I'm the bass player. We had another two guys, and like the template was like Descendants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I discovered the Descendants. I want to yeah. make a band that sounds like yeah. that. We'll have the nerdy guy in the front. Yeah. yeah. 
I'll, I'll play bass, even though I don't come, I didn't come anywhere close and near what Alvarez is doing. Yeah. Still don't. Right, right. But, but yeah, he, yeah, he, he's, he's one of the best. I agree. Um, and then uh, I had a feeling that the guy, the bass player in Useless Society, at some point, you know, his army services, uh, he would have to join the army services because it's mandatory in Israel. Yeah. I had a feeling that would come up. So it's a good time to like go over my chops. And I was like, maybe <laughs> I, I'll jo eventually join Useless Society. Because, yeah. you know, I was so determined. I was so into it. I was so into punk rock. That was my life, you know. Yeah. Were they kind of, were they a big deal at this Time, uh, like, to us, they were a big yeah, deal. Yeah. It was like a local thing. Yeah. They were also older. Yeah. But at this point, also, Ishai joined them. Like, his band also kind of broke up or, uh, through that summer. Gotcha. So, uh, so yeah. And, and then one day, the, the phone call came. Like, that guy, you know, he joined the army. And they were like, uh, do you want to play bass, like, for two shows? Because, uh, <laughs> and, yeah. So that was, like, already 1996, summer, summer of 96. So you were officially in the band after those two shows? That was the thing. I was officially in the band for the two shows, but they were like, well, uh, at the end of the summer, we want to fly to the U.S. and we're going to live in, uh, in the Berkeley area. We're going to live in yeah. the East Bay. Yeah. Are you in? And I'm like, I got another school year to do. Oh, but, no. Yeah. So the original guitar player that each other plays came back as the bass player oh, and they okay. flew with him. Did they, they go to Berkeley? And yes, they did. They lived, I, I lived in Berkeley for 10 years. Yeah, they lived there for like eight months. Oh, okay. Just like, yeah, just, just to, to get their feet wet in America. No, that, the whole idea was we're, 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 we're flying one way. We're going to make this band thing happen. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to go. But uh, I, I had to, I, I also really wanted, well, I finished poor, school very poorly. <laughs> if I, <laughs> I left the certificate over there which was very bad by yeah, the way I, yeah. I may have you know aced and i may have aced english and math for whatever it's worth i, I at the end of, of the school thing i was okay with math but the rest of it i just yeah. flunked terrible oh man like yeah nothing's gonna come out of me with the school thing but uh, yeah so the summer came that summer came around it was 97 they came back from their whole uh, adventure because uh, some of the guys wanted to come back yeah. some of the guys wanted to stay so they came back, and uh, I think he, he was, like, on his way out, the, the bass player. Yeah. So then it was like, all right, you, you want, do you want, are you ready to join now? Yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just get me out of here because I don't want to go to the Army services. I'm, yeah. I, want, I want to hit the road. Yeah. Wanna... So did you guys start touring? Did you go to America, or were you just still yeah, in Israel? Yeah, so, so the idea, and this would become a useless ID theme for, for the first few tours, was to work for almost a year. Save enough money, fly to the tour, and uh, oh, cool! Yeah, we are. Yeah, I, I'd say it would uh, kind of like that's how it was in the very beginning. Yeah. Then you know Europe came along, so yeah, we started yeah. touring Europe. Right. And then you know eventually Japan, and so it, it became less of like working for one whole year to save up. Yeah. So how did the Atari split come about? So that came along. Is that the official first record that you're on with them? Uh, no. No. I'm on a previous record oh, that, okay. that's not punk. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, the Atari split followed that. So okay. with that's not punk, uh, I was with them in the East Bay. Okay. <laughs> we showed up and uh, we we were in uh, we were staying in Pleasanton, California. Yeah, yeah. I know where that is. Yeah, I, I think that's the only time I've been there. Yeah. Maybe another one I time. Used to work since. out there. Yeah. Uh, we stayed at Pleasanton with this guy uh, Pete, that he was uh, our driver. So. Uh, we, we play some local shows. We would drive around, head back to Pete's, drive around, head back to Pete's. Yeah. So on one of these uh, little adventures, we had two shows, one at the 
old uh, Iron Sides. Okay. Uh, with Teen Idols, and then we had another show at the Cocodri with uh, uh, Sweet Diesel. I I don't know who else, but the Ataris were on the okay. bill, so we were just blazing from that show to the Cocodri. And once we arrived, this guy comes out carrying his amp, and uh, it was Chris Rowe, but I yeah. didn't know it. I'm like, hey man, did the Ataris play? You know, the van just <laughs> stopped, yeah. and I jumped out. Right. And he's like, hey, we are the Ataris, and, I'm like, <laughs> and, and we did play. I'm like, yeah. damn. But he's like, well, what's your name? Who are you? Who are you guys? Are you playing? And I'm like, yeah, I introduced myself. The other guys introduced. And then we just started talking with him yeah. and the rest of the band members. And I don't know. I think he just, uh, just took, took a liking to yeah. us. And they started giving us free shit. So we're like, oh, here, take yeah. take this recording. This is us. you yeah. know. And uh, shortly after, he got in touch with us because uh, the Ataris were already on Kung Fu. Yeah. Um, or Yeah, they were on Kung Fu. This was like 98. So, yeah, so he's like, uh, I, I want to try, try and get Joe to make a yeah. split CD with you guys because I really like your songs. Could you record some new new songs? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then we recorded the Get, get in the Pita Bread Pit. Right. Did you yeah. guys record in America? No, that was in Israel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then how did you guys, did you guys get on to Kung Fu Records because of that split? Yeah. And because of Atari's? So, yeah, so that split did very well. Yeah. And then yeah, the, I remember I looked that split up today because I had forgotten about it. But yeah. once I saw that cover, I was like, oh, yeah, I had that. Actually, yeah, everyone I had, no had that. I have no idea where it is. Yeah, but. I was in a restroom uh, like a, <laughs> uh, like a, maybe it was 2016. Yeah. Uh, we, we toured with the No Effects for a State is Burning and they had the first ditch effort. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was in a restaurant. I think it was like, I don't know, Chicago or something. And I heard these two people talking like right after our set. I was like in the... You know, they, they couldn't see me. Yeah, useless idea. I had their, I, I used to listen to them in high school. I had that let it burn thing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I just, I, I was just cracking up. That's just awesome, though. Yeah, I mean, people like, remember us for that, but yeah. it, good, good on that. Yeah. So after that, we did like another recording, but um, I don't know, like a while later, uh, Chris Rowe was like, uh, yeah, J Joe wants to make an, an album with you guys. Did you guys deal with Joe? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Hang yeah. out with him and... Um, I think that was, we didn't meet Joe yet. Okay. Yeah. We, we met him like after he gave the okay that. Yeah. yeah. I only then, ask cause I'm like fanboying out, fanboying out. Cause I love Vandals and Joe. I saw Kung Joe Fu a few and... days ago at the Weezer show. Oh, okay. And, uh, at the Roxy, <laughs> yeah. he just walked by him, him and his <laughs> wife, Sandra. And yeah. she's like, I was just, <laughs> I was just hanging out like after the show, handing, helping a friend of mine hand yeah. out his CDs. And then they're like, yo, Tom. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> so fine. That's fine. cool. But so, uh, uh, yeah, so they wanted to put out a full length of you. Yeah, guys. they did. But that's around the time that I started writing. Uh, so, cause I, all right. So I had like other bands that I was playing with. Yeah. I had another. I went back to hardcore because yeah. I wasn't the singer in Useless Idea, and I wanted to, you know, scream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had another band, and by the time Joe was expecting uh, demos from us for like the next the follow up album, I just started writing a ton of songs like inspired by. Uh, no use, more betterness. Yeah, and yeah. Lag wagon. Let's talk about feelings, and even like the Get Up Kids album, the something to write home about. Yeah. I was like listening to those three, really inspired. I was hung up on on a, on this female, on a girl, <laughs> and uh, I made my my way safely to the friend zone, and I I was just you know over my head about her, just yeah. writing writing songs about her and writing songs about other stuff. So I would give the guys like I don't know three 
four demos a week. And then before we knew it, we had like 20, 25 songs. Yeah. And uh, we tried a few out at rehearsal. And Guy, Guy who was the singer back then, and he's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel weird singing about these things. Oh. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then it kind of like organically, I kind of became the singer. Yeah. Like it just... Uh, in the beginning, it was weird, and I, and I, you know, it's the band sound, yeah. and that's the thing with Joe. When Joe got the demos that I sing on, he's like, "What's this? This is not this is not the band that's on the split. Where's the band from the split?" Yeah. And Chris Rowe was like, "Well, trust me, trust me. It's gonna be great. Just trust me. Just yeah. like pushing, pushing for rooting for us." Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was a bit of like you know, kind of like we we were all trying to like understand like uh, who who's doing what. Yeah. Like, you know, because I, I wasn't the songwriter in the beginning. Yeah. And suddenly the two main songwriters kind of like took a step back and they let me, you know, be the guy. Yeah. 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 So it worked out. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> yeah. Kung Fu was huge to me back in the day. It was like one of the one of the big ones, though. So like to be on that label for three records. Right. Is yeah. It, yeah. Four because of the split. I feel like we were on fire throughout the whole time yeah. at Kung Fu, and it was just getting better and better. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. by the I I just got back from the recordings of Bad Story, and and I wrote the song Same Story Someone Knew that same week or like yeah. like a night later. I was like on fire like yeah. with songwriting, which I, I like to be sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I've learned to like not really let let this thing breathe. Yeah. Uh, which we will get to soon as to why I'm here in Reno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I got some notes here. Let me look at these. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, oh, yeah, so one of those songs on that split was on that short music for short people comp, which is huge. Exactly, yeah. Like, I, I remember, huge. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Ishai called me at the time, and he's like, uh, Fat Mike wants one of our songs for this 100-band thing, and I jumped in the air. I was oh, just yeah, screaming. yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause that was always the goal, you know. To be on fat. To be on, to be a fat band, and dude, to 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 get that accomplished as a yeah. band from Israel, like you know, if yeah. you take away everything, you have like these four random kids, kind of kids from Israel, like yeah. the, the decide to form a band, and they have this thing in their head, like we want to be with the with that group of people, because yeah. honestly, that's. That's mostly what we were listening to at the time. You know, we're yeah. kind of like hardcore and uh, go through this. And, you know, I go back to Nirvana. But at the end of the day, you know, No Use for a Name and Lagwagon and yeah. Propagandi, those are the bands yeah. that shaped us. Yeah. Descendants, which are which have an album on fat. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So you got, so No Vacation came after that. And uh, that was on Kung Fu. And then uh, Redemption Kung Fu again, and that was the first time you guys recorded at Blasting Room? Yeah, and that was a life changer. Yeah. That was... Uh, so compared to... Where were you guys recording the other stuff? We recorded at Orange Whip Studios with Angus. Okay. Uh, Angus uh, Cook, he did uh, you know, Atari's. He did uh, the band that knocked off Atari's. Uh, <laughs> you know, remember Antifreeze? They were kind of yeah. like Atari's-ish. I know Antifreeze. Yeah. yeah. But I loved the sound on yeah. the Antifreeze album. So it was like... First it was Blue Skies... We we love that. Yeah. I, I couldn't get over the guitar sound yeah, on too. that. And then Antifreeze was in, and that sounded great. So it was like a no brainer. And yeah. Joe's like, uh, "How about Chris Rowe produces it? Let's go." Yeah, that's so, cool. So when so, you got so, to go ahead, sir. So we yeah, so we got to No Vacation. No Vacation happened after the Warp Tour. So that was uh, that was after I worked with Tony Sly. 
Yeah. Uh, the no use for a name. Yeah, bus. me and my wife talked about Warp Tour. That's what, the only time we ever saw you guys. Wow. And that, that was the, which city? I, it was up at Boreal, up in Truckee, up in the mountains, huh. or or it might have been in San Francisco. Actually, I think that's what it was on the pier. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, where yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But uh, yeah, because I was like, I don't know. I talked to her about it, and she's like, "We saw." Because you your band has been in my life, but it's not been like my main band you know what i mean it's just yeah. been around and so she's like we saw them i'm like really that's crazy yeah so yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy, like someone but... would tell me uh yeah we were at that show and i'm like i i saw that band <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah but yeah that was uh yeah san francisco so so band. yeah so we were talking about who could produce it like where to record it we we really wanted to do an album with ryan green to yeah, just yeah, like yeah, cross it sure. off the list because yes it would have been the experience at that time yeah but uh, Ryan Green, uh, sadly, he was uh, too busy. He couldn't do it. Yeah. And then uh, so we hit up Orange Whip again, and uh, Tony Sly was supposed to produce it. He was yeah. kind of like uh, pre doing pre-production with me, kind of like yeah. sorting out the arrangements and helping yeah. me with melodies and stuff like that. But then the first day at the studio, he called up the studio. He's like, uh, listen, yo, Tom, I can't, I can't make it. I have some stuff here at home. So, all right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean... Yeah. I can't give anyone crap for having oh, for sure. life come in. I, I always take it like, you know. For sure. But to be able to work with Tony. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, cherish geez, that. And, man, yeah. and here's a little story about that. The first time I sat with Tony, uh, he he had one of those Sony uh, tape recorders. Yeah. And he's like, you see this? Get this at Walmart tomorrow and make it your best friend. Wow. Because it hadn't really occurred to me. I had like one of those like, uh, you know, office, uh, the, the smaller ones with the <laughs> tiny tapes. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah. What do you call those? Yeah, I, I the, know what you're talking the about. The office like, tape recorders. Yeah. Like, it didn't even, I mean, it kind of occurred to me like to get a cassette tape, but I was like, I was remembering most of my yeah. melodies. Or, yeah. But then I got that. And the interesting thing is that when we did Lost Broken Bones at the Blasting Room, I think it was lost broken bones yeah so no use for a name was there right before us oh wow wait is that no i'm getting the time when, when did the feel good uh album oh, come God, out i don't even know that's the white yeah. the white and blue one that that's right? the one with, with the skiing on the no no that's skiing? that's more betterness oh okay i think it was that album yeah 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 because because symptoms uh we that came out on fat lost broken bones uh i found a, a tape recorder with a cassette inside in the studio. I mean, I had mine, of yeah. course. So I just, you know, hung around, like, listened to it. And I'm like, who is this? This, this is a song I never... Then I realized it's Tony. He was working on it, working out, like, wow. songs. Yeah. And just... Uh, so I took the tape, and I said, maybe one day I'll give it to him. Yeah. And I, 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 I didn't give it to... I, oh, I couldn't man. give it back. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I didn't want to. Yeah. I just didn't think he would pass away. Right. Like uh, we've seen each other since. Yeah. That, but it was like random spots, like a South by Southwest, or like yeah. in Spain. Yeah. Or like even at my thirtieth birthday in Israel, no use for a name was there. Why didn't I give it to him? I don't yeah. know. But I, I still have it, and now oh, I, it's wow, like uh, cool. I cherish it. Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of like the closure to my uh, little story with the tape recorder. Yeah. It was like uh, you know, a little gift from the universe. Oh, wow. So how was the blasting room like? How was that a, a game changer? Oh, I mean, with bad story and no vacation. Uh, with, with bad story, we we pretty much recorded the songs. Chris Rowe had some additions or some changes, like uh, for for vocal parts and that. But and, uh, for the next one, we kind of like produced it with Angus, so we had a clearer picture of like what we wanted to do. So we yeah. were kind of producing ourselves. 
But once we showed up at the blasting room, when I played Bill the demos, he's like, oh, you're not singing in the right key. Like, we did like a pre-production. We did like a... I let Bill hear like the home demos, which was just like two guitar tracks. <laughs> some yeah. of them had chorus on them yeah. and with me singing. And some of them didn't have, like five of them didn't have any any vocals because we didn't write the lyrics for them. We came like half empty handed, like as far as lyrics on that one. Yeah. So uh, we we got in, we, we did a few, uh, we recorded live versions of the instruments together in the same room. And then uh, I sang over it, so Bill would chime in every now and then and listen. And he's like, ah, he's not th singing in the right key. Like, this is too wow. low. And yeah. yeah. So at the end, it was like, I don't know, five songs that we changed the key. Because Bill told me, you, you're a good singer, but I, w I want you to cut through the music. You know? Yeah. He's like, you know, like Milo. Ugh. Yeah. It's like, you know, how Milo cuts through. Yeah. That's like uh, the Bill language. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know. And so I was singing the songs, and he was punching me in my stomach. He was like, <laughs> get it out of there. He's like, get it from uh, from your, get it out of your mouth. Don't sing from here. He's like, sing from here. Sing from the gut. Wow. And yeah. So that, that was school. Yeah. As far as for me, that was like uh, learning really... Bill, Bill pretty much made me a singer. Let's yeah. put it that way. Because wow. I was singing kind of nasally before yeah. that and like in comfortable uh, registers and sometimes yeah. high, sometimes low. But Bill made me find my voice. Like, he know, I know where I start sounding bad, yeah. like at the very high things and at the very high notes. And I know where I, I say, like it won't cut through on the low notes. Yeah. So like if I'm writing a useless ID song, I know exactly where to place my voice and which key to play the song. Yeah. So if you guys recorded at the blasting room ever since, ever since. Yeah. Four that. albums. Wow. That's cool. I'm planning to have another album. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's like, it's been written, writing itself for a while now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would like to say half of the songs are, are done, maybe more. Yeah. But you know, we're just like all over the place now. We well, just... I didn't realize this came out in 2016. Yeah. Tell me about Cause it. Cause I'm like, it feels brand new to me. Like, yeah. Well, I, is that a good thing? Yeah, it's a great thing. But I was just like, I didn't realize how old it was. I'm like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's what everyone's everyone's telling me that. Yeah, yeah. And next year's our 30th anniversary as wow. a band. So, wow. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. We have to cool. see. We have to get everyone everyone on board. Then we'll do it. So, how did you guys go from Kung Fu to uh, Suburban Home Records? Like, so. Uh, obviously, uh, with Lost Broken Bones, first choice was Fat. Yeah, send, yeah send, for sure. Send the album to Fat. Let's see what's up. Because, you know, we waited this long. Yeah. We're a much better band now. This is a, you know, it's kind of like a heavier album. And with Lost Broken Bones, we we met Fat Mike before that. Yeah. And he, he told us that, uh, well, you need an angle, you know. <laughs> like, uh, your band name is kind of like no use and... And your music style is kind of like no use. One of these has to change. So either change the style of music or the band name. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's like these little, uh, it's Mike's two cents every yeah, now yeah, and then right. that eventually makes sense because yeah. he, he, know, he knows how th this whole thing works. Yeah, right. So uh, we took his advice and we became harder. I, I brought in some of my alternative yeah, influences. It's noticeably harder. Yeah, to broken bones. The... Uh, at, in the beginning, uh, we were kind of like, I mean, I, I wrote many songs for Lost Broken Bones that kind of sounded like Redemption. Yeah. 
but it didn't feel to me like you know worth recording. It was like it's good, and most of these songs are on the Lost Broken Tunes. If you know that release, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them over there. Yeah. They're good songs, but I I didn't feel like it's a step up. And then uh, when the guys were were down with uh, playing like you know slower stuff or like louder stuff, but still you know having like a fast song here and there, I think that's where like we we got that sound going. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like no use. Yeah. <laughs> well, then how did that suburban home? Yeah, yeah. Like, so back to your, back to your question. So, so we sent it to Fat. Uh, I think Mike liked it, but the office wasn't to- too stoked on it, which is funny because at the end of the day, it's on Fat. Like, right. They did release it eventually. Right. So maybe it was like I don't know the people working there at the time, yeah. and then the people now that are working there. Yeah, everyone's buddies of mine. You know, Bart and Pat. Right. I. Uh, Every couple of months, we see each other, we hang out, we sit down, we talk for an hour. And yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, we're they're definitely on our side. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Fat wasn't, wasn't happening, so we decided to release it on five different labels, which oh. is crazy. Yeah, so okay. it came out on Suburban Home, on Rude Records, on this label in Israel, oh, okay. on this uh, label Bullion in Japan. And you guys were just over Kung Fu at this point, or were they over you? No, the the contract was over. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think Kung Fu was kind of slowing it down yeah, also. Cause I don't think yeah. they were releasing much. Yeah. So we were like, all right, let's see where else we could go with this. Well, then how did that uh, that album in 2009 with Mookie, am I saying that right? Yeah. How did that come about? Because uh, so it's just kind of out of the yeah, ordinary yeah. for you guys. He saw us playing live. We, we played live at the, this uh, outdoor event. Uh, like an extreme festival event, yeah. like, you know, with like um, m- motorcycles and skateboards or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so we played first and Mookie was on after us. Or we maybe we were second and there was a band before us. And then after his, like, I think right when we came off stage, he was like, oh, man, you guys are great. We should do something together. Yeah. And like many of those things, you're like, yeah, yeah. we should. And, and, you know, it stays, it yeah. goes somewhere off into the oblivion. Yeah. But uh, he did uh, get back to us. He's like, I, I wrote a song, and uh, we worked with him on this song, and this song became like the theme for like one of the big Israeli shows at the yeah. time. Uh, but like right before that happened, he he brought like he said, I got another two songs. He started sending it to me, but by meaning by songs, I mean he had lyrics. Okay, he had finished lyrics, so yeah. he'd send it to me. I'd look at the lyrics write music to them in, in a matter of minutes and send it back to him. Yeah. And he's like, what do you think about this one? And then before we knew it, once again, 20 songs. Yeah. Wow. So we're like, maybe let's make a record. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So we did that. He was the singer. We had some shows. We had some, uh, you know, uh, big uh, big uh, people uh, kind of backing it. Yeah. But it, it just didn't hit home. Yeah, like yeah. nothing nothing came of it yeah. at the end. And he, he kind of lost interest. We did too. And yeah. we were like, let's get back to our thing. Yeah. So then after that is when you guys got on Fat? Yeah. 2012? So, yeah, so 2012. So 2011, we recorded uh, Symptoms. Yeah. And uh, Brandon from Teenage Bottle Rocket would come oh, by cool. the He would come by the studio. Oh, yeah, he's, from, he's in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He would come yeah. by the studio to hang out and... Uh, so he, he heard a bit of what's happening. So he's like, I'm going to talk to Fat Mike. He, <laughs> he, he, he must put you guys out. Because yeah. we're like, dude, we're bugging him yeah, for like yeah. almost 20 years. I'm, I'm kidding. But right. you know what it means. Yeah, like yeah. every record, we're sending it to Fat. Yeah. Nope. Every, another record. Nope. Yeah. So we're like, you know, which is kind of weird. Because Symptoms is our slowest album. Right. 
that's yeah, I know that's the saying. album we recorded and we realized that we don't play these songs live so maybe we should play fast because <laughs> you know our our set is comprised of like very energetic yeah. songs right so to suddenly play like a three minute and 30 second like it, it it just like you know the more that time went by we realized we're not really promoting this album live yeah. we're just doing whatever the hell we yeah, want yeah, yeah. so uh so when uh so we had both bill which really believed in symptoms and brandon sitting like you know sitting on fat mike's shoulders yeah. like put useless id <laughs> useless id useless and that's he's like cool. all right i'll do it that's cool and then yeah yeah and once again just like you know years before ishai called me up or he sent me a text message he's like fat mike's gonna do it fat Mike is gonna do it we're, we're gonna be on fat yeah. and i was like right before a show uh with a guy that that was my job so I was like too stoked, and you know the music over there like kind of slowish. Yeah, yeah. And I was like jumping and all stoked, like I couldn't share it with any of them because they don't know what yeah. being on fat right. means. <laughs> so I just played the show, and then I went celebrated yeah. with myself. Wow, that is awesome. So it was just like dream come true. Finally, yeah, yeah. You're on fat. To, to be, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And uh, now uh, our whole thing with fat, it's like it's just become family. Like yeah. I, you know, I travel a lot, so every time I see someone. It's just like catching up. That's it's so like, cool. how's it going? It's yeah. Just, yeah, there's no, like, you know, even with Mike, it's always like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? So let's talk about uh, State is Burning. All like, right. This one's way harder, and I feel like more pol politically driven than your yes. other stuff. Yes. Am All I right. right? Yeah. So the idea is, uh, here's another Fat Mike I love thing. this record, man. Fat Mike also loves this album. He yeah. said, this should have been your first record. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> well, turn back the clock. Yeah. Uh, okay, so once we realized with symptoms that, uh, yeah, we, we kind of all felt it. And then, uh, so, uh, you know that Frenzel Rum album, Smoko yeah. and the Pet Factory? Yeah, yeah. That, that blew us all out yeah. away, you know. Yeah. That, so good, songs are short. So we kind of, like, took that. Uh, and uh, along with that, I thought it would probably be cool to go back and listen to, like, you know, Bad Religion, Zoinks. And it's true. I did listen to Zoinks. Thank you. <laughs> like, ask for a rap and this is what they Is the burger in there? Yeah, okay, thank you. This is great. Thanks, Zach. But yeah, I, I, I went back and listened to the stuff that I liked when I was 15 or 16. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to, like, let's start from scratch. Let's listen to that, see how it inspires you. Now, you know, like Propagandi, let's talk more rock. Yeah. And, and uh, all the no use for a name stuff, all the bad religion, lag wagon, just like constantly listening to that. Then listening to some like harder stuff too. I just like immersed myself in that. I was yeah. like going to the gym, listening to that, going home, yeah. three hours of listening to bad religion. Yeah. Just, you know, for a couple, for a few months. And, uh, and the thing with the lyrics is at the time, Israel was wild. Like, you know, there was like kind of like a war going on. Yeah. And I was I was living in Tel Aviv, so I would hear the missiles above the the house I was the apartment oh, I was wow. in. Yeah, the foo, foo, yeah. And like you go out and you see stuff. I remember playing a show at a rooftop and seeing like a missile. So it it just hit home so hard yeah. that I'm like, now's the time. I got to talk about politics in Israel yeah. and not hold back. Yeah, just yeah. talk about the country. Talk about whatever's going on here. Talk about the fanatic religious people that are trying to sell you this, uh, this idea of yeah. a religion. And now it's even worse. I think if I'd be in Israel now, you'd get a useless idea album in a week. Yeah. <laughs> well, it translates to 
over to America too. You know yeah, what I mean? exactly. Like, and this stuff this, I hear on it, I'm like, yeah, this came out like, interestingly enough, this came out right when Trump was elected, like yeah. around that time. So I remember we were on tour promoting it and then Trump. So people are sending me, uh, people are posting the song state is burning. And then this, this hits so hard right now in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, do you want to eat? No, we, we could. Okay. We could. Well, I want to talk about your solo stuff. All right. So, how do you have so much music in you? <laughs> I don't know. And it's like, it's not shitty. Like, your lyrics are like, I don't know. I strive to write lyrics like you do and just the way you put them together. And I'm like looking you up today and I'm like, you have a million solo records. You got all these useless ID. Then you got all these other projects. I'm like, and then at the at your uh, at your show, you said you were helping Fat Mike produce records. That was a few years back. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, do you ever stop? Does your mind ever stop? Or is uh, this like <laughs> what you're doing all the time? Uh, well, I'm always thinking about something, but uh, I, I think in, in order to really, this, this is what I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm playing shows all over the place and I see other solo acts and sometimes, you know, some, someone that I've seen in the past goes on stage with like the same five songs that they play and they kind of mess up and yeah. and kind of like make it and I I think I really respect the art of songwriting and I'm always trying to learn and be better at it yeah. and I'm always trying to surround myself with it so I'm e even now I'm reading a book about songwriting just just for the hell of it a lot of things I I know already yeah and uh, I I kind of feel guilty I feel you know it's kind of like uh, uh, let's put it this, I I feel like it's my purpose. Yeah. To, to to share my songs and share share it with with the world. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. But I just love this thing so much, yeah. and uh, so I, I feel guilty when I when I don't touch the guitar. I, I just hit myself over the head and I get depressed. Yeah. So I just even if nothing's coming out, I just sit and strum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I you know sometimes I wish it would I would be more simple about it. Yeah. I'm reading so many books all the time, <laughs> and I'm I'm. You know, and I'm, I'm not not only that. I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff now in the works that that I I did, yeah. <laughs> which uh, you'll hear about them soon. I don't know. I mean, even now, I wasn't planning on. Uh, we were just gonna try have a hand at recording a few songs together, just yeah. because I love Zach, yeah, Damon from the Zoinks. Yeah, I, how did you guys meet? Uh, we met first time at Fest in uh, okay. Florida yeah. in 2017. Oh, okay. And uh, I saw him playing a show with, I think it was a squirt gun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm like, holy crap, that's Zach from Zoinks. Yeah. I got to talk to him afterwards. Yeah. And I got I, I want to tell him that uh, I his music really inspired me, yeah. and I hope that he can continue writing songs because he's that wow. good. That's yeah, awesome. I wanted to tell him that. That's like a goal. And so he was super nice. So we just wow. talking over a beer, and yeah. we, he gave me his email. We kept in touch. I met him through work. Yeah. He, he was, I didn't know who he was. I knew Zoinks and I knew Screeching Weasel and I had a Screeching Weasel sticker on my truck. And he's like, nice sticker. And I'm like, wait, are you Zach? <laughs> and then I had the same experience. Yeah. You got, you pretty much got me through high school with Zoinks. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so anyway. Dude, uh, I, <coughs> sorry. And in, in Israel, he got me through high school. Yeah. I remember. Uh, I graduated in 96. All right. So, oh, so we're right around the same. Yeah, yeah, we're around yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, pen pals with uh, Arnie Turkos. Okay. Turkos. 
the, okay. who uh, later was a Zoink himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he sent me, I think, yeah, wow, he sent me his cool. band, Underhand, and uh, and I was either like in touch with uh, uh, Rob or or Arnie. Someone sent me Zoinks, and I yeah. just loved it. I yeah. was like, this is like, you know, like Green Day at the time, yeah. but it's like smarter. Yeah. Like they're doing smarter things. Yeah. I agree completely, man. Yeah. That's cool. Zoink, so, yeah. so the other night when I saw you, I was like, okay, useless ID, dude. Like I didn't, I didn't really pay attention to your solo stuff at all but it blew me away like way different than useless id yet kind of in the same vein and i was just like wow this works man like this is great no wonder you're you're doing it but i want to i want to talk to you about the um the one week record okay that's the that's the joey cape one yeah yeah. that's his label yeah so his it did you stay at his house for a week and I record did. that album? Like that's what that label is. I think is, I even right? stayed for like eight or nine days, so a bit over a week. <laughs> so you just chilled there and you guys just recorded all day writing songs and whatever came to you? Or, well, or? chilled there is a good uh, explanation <laughs> for it because, you know, I, I showed up and there were, they were doing some uh, construction in the street. <laughs> there was like a, so much noise going oh, on. Oh, yeah. And I just, I mean, uh, Joey already turned down. Uh, doing a one week with me twice. Oh, really? Yeah, once was because you know I I think he didn't didn't really want to yet, or maybe he was busy. Yeah. And the second time was when he when he already was into it. Uh, he didn't like the songs I wrote, like enough oh, of the songs I wrote. He's okay. like, I don't. And I was on the way to his house, like <laughs> to make the one week record, and he's like, I don't think we're ready. I think we have like three songs here. <laughs> yeah. So it's. And I'm like, oh, man. snaps. Oh, <laughs> All right, so hurts. so yeah, so, no, but at the same time, he's no, but he he was right. He yeah. said, you know, I I I'm pretty familiar with your songwriting. Sorry, with your songwriting from both Useless ID and your solo stuff, because yeah. he he liked Distant Lover. Yeah, and he liked the songs from California Sounds. So he's like, I know when it's great, Yo Tom. Now yeah. I feel like it's good, Yo Tom. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. But uh, what he did tell me is like. And and don't don't try to do that whole like Springsteen thing. Please 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 go and listen to you know because I told him I'm like a big Beach Boys and Pixies and Elliot Smith. We both really bonded over Elliot yeah. Smith. He goes listen to those things and you know oh, go right. go to your like deeper influences yeah. like Pixies and Beach Boys and yeah. even Nirvana. Go back to that. So uh, that's what I did. And then uh, we had the songs yeah. for the one week record. That's cool. Yeah. Joey, I love Joey. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's, he's I mean, great. I'm he, just he really took me apart. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he well, said. I he mean, would do. Fat Mike did it too, right? They all do they it. They know what they did. Yeah, they know yeah. What they're and I do it to about, other people so. as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he got into the nitty gritty uh, of the lyrics. Yeah. And yeah, it's all all these like small steps along the way, like working with Joey, working with Tony, working yeah. with Fat Mike. They're always pushing me. They're always yeah. pushing me. It's like, well, let's talk about what you're doing here. Well, so back to that. <laughs> um, so I hit up Zach a while ago because I haven't spoken to him like since I think before COVID, like yeah. three years ago. I spoke. I I was like mailing back and forth with Zach. Maybe we should do something. I'm in the states now, and then I was out of the states. <laughs> yeah. But now I was back, and I don't know. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, or. Something I uh, maybe three weeks ago, I just his the thought of him popped in my head, and I'm like, maybe I should hit up Zach, see yeah. what he's doing. And then he told me that they have this uh, studio going on now, and he's a part of it. And if I want to like record some songs for the hell of it, so uh, 
Yeah, I'm like sure. So, so that's how I am. Yeah. I, I follow. I follow the. Yeah. I follow my path. <laughs> I fo- I follow my calling. Yeah. So I come here, and uh, we we start recording, and uh, yeah. For, first of all, I just want to say that I'm I'm having such a wonderful time. Good. Like you know, with both Zach and and his family, his wonderful yeah. family, and just hanging out and talking about music. Yeah. We're both like music freaks, so we're just like you know telling each other about bands that we don't know <laughs> yeah and just like driving around and talking a lot and like we i think we both like shared similar paths like just in like uh, you know him him here i'm there yeah but uh yeah we we started recording like a, a tune like one song or like two and uh and then we kind of got stuck on the third and i was like well maybe i'll record a few songs that i, I think are good and i kind of know them so we did that then we went back to that song so suddenly we had like five, six songs, and I'm like, let's make an album. That's cool. <laughs> this yeah. Is, yeah, it kind of like came out of nowhere. Yeah. But I, since I've been, always I've been writing a lot, I sent I sent Zach like 19 song ideas like a, uh, a month ago, like three weeks ago when I was talking to him. Yeah. I'm like, let me pick five. Let me know which ones you like, and yeah. we'll focus on them. But there were like a few more that I liked. So now it's it's kind of shaping into an album, and like this wow. whole Reno Nevada vibe is like yeah. ma- making it into the music. That's cool. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to say like I I appreciate. I don't want to take up more of your time. I know oh, you guys okay. are busy, but I want to say you're very inspiring to me. Like, oh, thank I you. love music as much as you, but I am lazy, and I'm like listening to your stuff and i'm like all right i gotta write some solo stuff i gotta i just gotta keep writing do it and my words like i need to shape my words and you know the bands that you've been in the people that you've worked with have have just blown me away man so i appreciate you you talking to me thank you so much and here's like a little uh little food for thought with this record we're not going to do vocals now I want to finish the music Uh and then live with it for like a month. Kind of like, because I have lyrics, not for everything. Kind of want to fine tune, get inspired, see what transpires, and send it to. That's that's the, because I feel like the music is there. Yeah. Like the, and yeah, some of these songs I I, I really love, like the way they're shaping up to be. (laughs) Well, cool. Yeah. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you, man. See what I mean, man? I could have kept talking. God, that was such an awesome interview. The people he knows, the people he's worked with, Tony Sly, what a sad story. Um, So intertwined in everything that I love about punk rock. This interview was awesome. Yo, Tom, thank you so much. You're an awesome dude. I hope... uh, I hope we can talk again, because I would like to explore some more of that. Go to uh, Useless ID, go check them out, go to FatRecords.com, order Yo Tom's records from Fat Records, Useless ID records. Um, Do what you can to support this guy. He writes so much music, and he's doing it, and he's doing what we all want to do. And uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for... uh, interviewing with me and uh check me out next time Uh